0: Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. Uh, welcome to the Metron Live podcast coming to you from uh, Metron. Beautiful, wonderful people here today. Metron people, would you welcome the podcast people? Let them know... And I am beginning a new series today and, uh, uh, one reason I want to go ahead and get into it because I want to give myself plenty of time. Uh, I speak into this atmosphere and I say, let there be light. Um, my title this month is, um, Spirit World Realities on Earth as it is in heaven. Uh, before I show you this first, um,
1: Um, Scripture. Uh, I want to refer to
0: something that I taught earlier this week on an
1: 11.11. I was talking about how the
0: spirit realm and the natural realm, the more you uh, view everything through the tree of life as opposed to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The more everything looks spiritual. Eddie, the reason I said to you today, I'm glad you're here today, is, um, I've noticed, um, cause you, your whole ministry is about telling people how to get to heaven and your, your family members. That was, that was always the, that was always the plan. You know, I just want to make it through this life to get to heaven. Some kind of way I'm going to make it in. And I've noticed on several occasions, especially like when you've had your granddaughters on the beach and you're having this moment, which I, I understand. It's a uh, a feeling I get when all of my kids are together. And you've said, you've alluded to the fact, maybe this is heaven. I'm, or this is heaven. I'm not looking for, I can't imagine that streets of gold and gates of pearl, if you take that literally, I can't imagine this could be any better. Yes, I love that. He said when when we get there, somebody says, how was heaven? And that's that's a huge redirect. Um, instead of trying to make it to heaven, it's the realization... <laughs>
1: Boil
0: that door. Uh, it's the... Uh, <laughs> sorry, hang on it. Come in. No, I'm sorry, the, the door is so squeaky. <laughs> There's no way you can sneak in. Um, but... Uh, Instead of, uh, instead of trying to make it to heaven, uh, it's to realize I'm, I'm from heaven. So I'm kind of going on that premise. And then I shared that, um, earlier in the week, I listen to podcasts constantly and I was listening to a podcast with Rosie O'Donnell and she was interviewing, uh, Billy Porter and many of you know who billy porter is and um they were both talking about how years ago before either of them came out how that um uh um, directors producers would always be telling them to hide their queerness like you know you'll, you you better not let people know who you really are or it's going to affect you uh it's going to affect you negatively in show business. So I, I was, you know, listening to it. It was, I, I think, she did kind of a Pride Month theme, and and he was her last interview of the month. But then he said something, and you know, Billy Porter came out of the church. He he came out of like Pentecostal church, and he said, um, "This is what caught my attention." You know how you just sort of be half listening to something, and then somebody says something, and it just flies all over you. He said. He, he he said, but even though it was difficult, I've always had angels in my life, and I knew when he said it, I knew he wasn't talking about spirit beings the way we've thought of angels. And when I did this teaching earlier, if you if you're interested, you can go to the hashtag J E S one 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 one, and it, it brings everything up. I think I just did two of them this past week, but um. I knew me, I, I was in this uh, teaching, I was talking about times in my life where I've really had, um, what I think was an angelic visitation, like in the conventional sense. That was really supernatural. I told, I referred, I didn't go through the whole story again, but I referred to when we lost Jonah on the subway when he was five years old and there just happened to be this woman there who found him and took him off the train and When I thanked her, I knelt down to hug him. And when I stood back up, she had just disappeared. And I've always felt like uh, that was an angel. And you might have had instances like that. You know, in Hebrews it says uh, to be courteous to people because you never know when you might be uh, entertaining angels unawares. And I've had encounters with people that when they left, I've actually thought, was that an angel? Was Was that an angelic being? But I knew that wasn't really what he was talking about. He was talking about people who had been strategically placed in his life. And he said, in fact, the angel of the Lord has encamped around about me my whole life. And when he said it, I'm telling you, I just felt the anointing on it so strong. And this is the point I want to get across to you when I'm talking about the spirit world. Because it made me, it it just sort of gave me this whole teaching. I think it's one of the most profound teachings I've ever done frankly because I talked about when in Genesis 28 when Jacob has his vision you know he lays on the stone that was just uh, last month when King Charles was um, coronated there was a there's a stone that they put in the chair that he sits in That's called the stone of Schoon that they historically believe is the stone that uh, Jacob slept on when he had his vision of the ladder into heaven or the stairway into heaven and I've referred to that a lot of times what I've never said before until this past Thursday night was um, when Jacob saw because he had this dream and he sees depending on which translation you read he sees a stairway or a ladder going into heaven and angels are ascending and descending y'all familiar with the story and the first thing he says, he doesn't say, Oh, I had a vision of heaven and I can't wait to go. He doesn't say, I saw streets of gold and gates of pearl. I saw my mama. I saw all the, he didn't say any of that. He says, How awesome is this place? He said, The Lord was here and I didn't even know it. It's amazing how that he has a vision of heaven and immediately says, How awesome is this place? And I went on to talk about the angels in your life. Um, I had somebody do something last Sunday who responded to something that I said, which is the reason why we're able to, uh, have a, uh, an outreach this month. That person, and you know who you are, I'm sure, I'm sure they're uh, watching this morning,
1: was an angel. Um, And the point I want to get across is those people
0: in your life who have really been angels, and you know who yours are? That person that came along right at the right time that just made all the difference in the world. What I want to get across to you, I want you to realize this month, is that is every bit as supernatural as if a winged
1: being appeared to you. In fact, It may actually be more supernatural. Um, Michelle,
0: could you? Will will it mess you up if before I can you go all the way to point number seven? It's a meme I wanted to show. Is that possible? Go ahead and show me number seven first, and then I'll, I'll go back to number one. I just want to show you this. Abraham Joshua Heschel was a very famous rabbi. He was very involved in the civil rights movement, a really, really cool guy who lived in the middle part of the 20th century. And he said, everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually. To be spiritual is to be amazed. I'm going to come back to this, but this this really captures the essence of what I want to get across to you in this um, series this month. Because I'm feeling this really, really strong and I want you to... I want you to hook your IV up to what I'm feeling and I want you to feel it. Alright? Now, I'm going to go back to referring to the angels in a minute, but let's go ahead and go back to number one now. Now, this is a Scripture. I'm going to show you. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-5, through and this is in the message. And this is in the middle of... You know, Second um, Corinthians really plays a very important role because a lot of second corinthians is a retraction of first corinthians and i love that because it shows you that the the bible's not this um unalterable written in stone thing i mean the very fact that there has to be a second like for instance in first corinthians there was some kind of there was something creepy going on in that church there was a couple who was there and we don't know exactly and this has got a major ew factor to it but there was a couple that was in some sort of incestuous relationship it 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 refers to a man and his mother who are acting as a couple we don't know if that meant his mother-in-law or stepmother or whatever but whatever it was it was gross enough that paul wrote to them in first corinthians and he said i can't believe y'all tolerate this kind of nonsense in your church put this man out and turn him over to the destruction of the flesh that's horrible in 2 Corinthians, he comes back and he says just the opposite. He said, you know what? I've been thinking about that. He said, don't put the man out lest he be overtaken by too much sorrow. It, it didn't say the man repented or that they fixed their decidedly dysfunctional relationship. Um, I've told you this before, but I, I went to... um A pastors thing it it, it was in my mind this week because a guy that was there came up in my memories this week on facebook and uh the the man that was running this seminar uh i had it was it was a bunch of pastors sort of sitting around a big ballroom table and we were sort of sharing the scriptures and i could tell some of the things i had shared the the main guy wasn't that crazy with my take on the scriptures and i wasn't trying to argue with him it's just he was bringing up stuff, and I had um, sort of a different take on it. And um, so one of the pastors spoke up, and he told, I'm not even going to tell you the details, but he told a horrible story of something that had happened to him when he was still very much in drug addiction. And I could tell everybody was horrified by what he had just told. I mean, it was like way TMI. Have you ever had somebody tell something that was like, it was so explicit and gross that we were all like, Well, that's gonna be really hard to recover. Uh I don't believe I'd have told that one. And um so from the from him saying that, a discussion came up, and I referred to this. And I said I said, Well, you know, there was a situation in the Corinthian church that Paul had to address. And uh the pastor said, He said, Yeah, well, they had to repent of it. I said they may have but that's you have to come to your own conclusion with that he said no they repented I said I'm not trying to argue with you but if you read second Corinthians it just says that Paul reconsidered and he said let him back in lest he be overtaken by too much sorrow and I could tell it really kind of floored the guy and he's he's like flipping through his page and said I'm not trying to argue with you but I'm just telling you there's been a lot of gross stuff that's going on. Just so sometimes you just don't know about it. And um I wasn't invited back. <laughs> which is fine with me. Again, I wouldn't try to argue with him. I'm just talking. You know, and... um But in 2 Corinthians, Paul's just talking about a lot of stuff. It's a very mature... um letter that he writes to them so when we get to the part that's um that we call chapter 12 when you'll see that he says he's in this discussion he says i didn't want to talk about this stuff but you've you've drug it out of me it's basically what he's saying okay y'all
1: with me all right so he starts by saying No, it's uh, number one up there. I know, I pr- I'm sure I
0: probably threw you off when I asked for number seven first.
1: Oh, is it the program? Okay. Um, all right. Well, lem- let
0: me let me refer to it while they're trying to bring it up. The reason I want to talk about this thing is he's basically saying, now you've, bring, you've brought me to talking about dreams and visions. And he talks about this thing. He says there's a thing that happened 14 years ago. And he's referring to himself, but he refers to himself in third person. I don't know how much Christian TV you used to watch, but back in the day it became very fashionable for people to go to heaven and have a, a heaven... um. Testimony. I mean, it was so much of it. I mean, I'd literally see people on, I won't say which shows, but certain Christian networks. And they'd be like, hey, I heard you went to heaven this week. Like, yeah, I went mean, I, I left my body and went to heaven Friday. And Jesus showed me around, showed me my condo. And I said, Jesus, that's really good. And Jesus said, let's go have a steak together. And we did. And I said, I got to go back. And I, you know, I, I, every time there like, that little thing in me that's always like, eh, <clears throat> It's just always going off when I would hear these guys. Because Paul said, something happened to me where I went to, in the King James, he calls it the third heaven. And he said, it, it affected me so deeply. I could, I haven't been able to talk about it for 14 years. And even now when I talk about it, I, I have to speak of myself in third person. Like, I know just having gone to foreign countries, When I come back, it's so hard. When somebody says, how was your trip? How do you explain? Like I remember having just come back from the Philippines one time and like the next night I was at one of Judah's uh, little league games and people were asking me, how was your trip? And there's, it's like I'd been to another planet. I, I thought, how do I even describe to you where I've just been? It's like it's not just the other side of the world. It's just it's so different. And I would end up just by saying it was very Filipino. You know, like there's no way there's no way to explain it to you. So you can imagine going to whatever heaven is. How do you just come back and like, yeah, I was in heaven, Jesus said to say it. Tell y'all, hey. I'm like, that's just BS. I just don't believe it. Like everything in me is like, mm, you might have had a really powerful dream because you took too much melatonin or something, but I don't think you went to
1: heaven. All right? We find it yet? Now, say what? Okay. It may have been
0: me messing you up by going to number seven first. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. What, Eddie? <laughs> Let's bind
0: him. Saints are praying. But here's the point the main thing, and it'll come up in a minute. Um, he says, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. He said, I don't know if I physically went there or if I dreamt it. He's basically saying, I'm at a place in my evolution where I, it, it feels the same to me. Being in the body or out of the body. I don't know how familiar you, you are with some of the other, I'm not going to call them cults, but other Different types of religions uh, and, and streams of thought, but there's a group. They used to have a big uh, center not far from here called Eckankar, and they were very they were very much into the concept of astral projection. Like they they believed that your spirit could leave your body and go visit places, and and you would see that in the scriptures. I mean, in the scriptures, there were people who were physically translated. You know, when Philip was uh, ministering to the Ethiopian uh, eunuch. And it says, when, he, when, it, when the conversation was over, he found himself at a Zodas. So there was a, a lot of that kind of stuff going on. But what really captures my attention, and if I, if I can't show it to you today, I'll show it to you next week. Um, he said, AirPlay, wirelessly share content from your iPhone, iPad, or Mac. Isn't that awesome? Uh, that's, that's what it actually says. In the original cattle preach. <laughs> he said, choose this device, Metron Roku. Anyway. Um. <laughs> but um, when you have been taught to create your reality through the paradigm of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, everything looks binary to you. Everything is either or. Everything is light versus darkness. Heaven versus hell. You know, good versus evil. When you begin to see everything through the tree of life, everything just becomes everything. So that something that could be just called a physical experience actually... Okay, we got it? Come on, Jesus. Shonara Oh, thou scream. No, we ain't got it? It was a Everybody stretch your hand toward the purple screen. I'm I'm feeling it.
1: Come on, Jesus. All right, well tell me if it comes up. Um The more you see everything
0: through the tree of life, every well, I'll give you an example. Um Luke 633, Jesus says, given and it shall give and men shall give unto you back. Meaning the, the supernatural return, it's it's not going to float down out of heaven. It's not going to be money in the fish's mouth. It can be some what all right. Let me finish that thought. The have you ever had somebody give money to you and you're like, I know this is a person I know. But this is, this is as much a miracle as if I walked on water. Y'all with me? All right. Now we're cooking with grace. All right. So he says, You forced me to talk this way, and I do it against my better judgment. But now that we're at it, I may as well bring up the matter of visions and revelations that God gave me. For instance, I know a man, and he's talking about himself, okay? I know a man who 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy to the heights of heaven. That's where in the King James he says was, there was a man taken up the third heaven. And the reason I've got this in caps, he says, I really don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise. Again, whether in or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. There he heard the unspeakable spoken, but was forbidden to tell what he heard. This is the man I want to talk about, but about myself, I'm not saying another word apart from the humiliations. And when he says humiliations in the uh, other translations, it says weaknesses. And that's where he goes on to say because i had such amazing revelations i was given a thorn in the flesh to balance me out and um uh but the the main point i want to get across here is paul seemed to be at a place in his journey where um the spirit world and the physical world had so aligned that he couldn't tell which one he was in sometimes like when he said we are seated with Him in heavenly places. He wasn't talking about floating uh, up in the cosmos somewhere. He's saying, I've, I've had these situations. I mean, I was even thinking about this yesterday and I didn't really do a deep dive study on it. But I I um, refer to uh, Paul saying to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord That's usually my go-to reference when someone has passed away. But I was thinking about the word absent yesterday. It nearly implies you're in and out of the body. Like when you were teaching school, if somebody wasn't there that day, you didn't assume they had died or dropped out of school. They were absent. And the idea is they'll probably be back at some point, probably tomorrow. And you know, on more than one occasion, Paul was stoned and left for dead, and then you know he comes crawling out. I mean it kind of sounds like to me where he says to be absent from the body means you're kind of
1: in and out of it um I talked to Leona what forty eight hours
0: before the day she transitioned. And in that conversation, which I have referred to many times, she said, because I that day I said to her, I said, Leon, I really want you to pull through. I want I don't I don't want to be in the world without you. And she said, I want you to pull through your thing too. I, I don't want to be in the world without you. But, and I didn't think about this Ernie until a few days after her funeral, uh, she said, even if I'm not here, I'm still going to be following you. I'm going to be with you even if I'm not here. And it's nearly like when she said it the first time, my brain just wouldn't receive it. I'm like, la, la, la. Don't tell me you're not going to be here. But on more than one occasion, I've kind of felt like she's still around. And at her service, I said, I know theologically
1: people don't become angels, but I felt like... uh, I mean...
0: You don't have to answer this, Ernie, but I think it's probably safe to say Leona probably never said a negative word about me. I can't, imma- I-, I can't imagine that she did. I mean, don't tell me she did, but she just seems like, and I think if you had come to her and said something about me, she would have said something negative to you. That's how protective she was. That's why she said, Bishop, you could never, ever, 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 ever do anything that I would think is wrong, and if you were and if you were wrong, I would tell everybody he was right. And I said, so I'm like Donald Trump; I could shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue. She said, if you did, I would tell him he had a good reason. So I'm at her service. I said, I don't believe, you know, theologically, according to the scriptures, people don't become angels. Angels are another company of beings. But I said in Leona's case, I just feel like she's kind of a guardian angel. I just feel like, uh, you know. Uh, this next scripture. Now this this may sound unrelated, but just bear with me. Okay. This is 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 3 through 15. Now, Moses said, in you know, Moses is making up laws right and left. He forbade anybody to talk to mediums or uh, diviners. Uh, he said, Do not speak with what he called the dead. He was, you know, he was, he was all over that. But he was also all over don't eat shrimp and don't shave the sides of your face. So, you know, you got to keep, you got to keep Moses' law in perspective. But typically, if you were raised in church world, you were taught don't go to fortune tellers and don't use the Ouija board and don't, I mean, you were, and I'm not trying to get you to use it. I'm just saying, just, you may be familiar with this story, but let me show you what happened here. Um, I'm not going to give you all the backstory, story, but uh, it says Samuel is now dead. Samuel was the prophet that Saul would have gone to. Back then, a king always had a prophet that he referred to, and that prophet was sort of his north star to you know, give him guidance. Samuel is now dead. All Israel had mourned his death and buried him in Ramah, his hometown. Saul had long since cleaned out all those who held seances with the dead. So, so Saul had gotten up and made this big edict like, nope, we're not having any more of that. No more seances. Stop, stop talking to people. You know, don't, don't, uh, contact the mediums or the the people who, who, uh, speak with the departed. Um, the Philistines had mustered their troops and camped at Shunem. Saul had assembled all Israel and camped at Gilboa. But when Saul saw the Philistine troops, he shook in his boots, scared to death. So what he was saying, but what it's saying is, there was a time when Saul was leading the army. If he had ever felt overwhelmed, he could go to Samuel, and Samuel would prophesy and say, "This is what you need to do." Well, now Samuel has gone. I can't tell you many times I'll read uh, somebody's post. They'll say. Oh man, my, my mama died 20 years ago and I, I sure could use her advice today. I wish I could talk to her today. I miss her so much today. Um, hang on. Um, Saul prayed to God, but God didn't answer. Neither by dream, nor by sign, nor by prophet. So Saul ordered his officials, and this is way off the record, because he's made this illegal. He's saying, I have hereby outlawed uh, necromancy or, or speaking with the dead. But he's like, I, I need somebody to tell me what to do. So off the record, he says, find me someone who can call up spirits so I may go and seek counsel from those spirits. His servant said, there's a witch at indoor. If you ever watched Bewitched, her mother's name was Endora. It was named, uh, named for this. Okay. So basically, he's, you know, Saul gets up and he says, witches are outlawed. Hey, you know a witch? (laughs) Saul disguised himself by putting on different clothes. Then, taking two men with him, he went under the cover of night to the woman and said, I want you to consult a ghost for me. Call up the person I name. The woman said, just hold on now. You know what Saul did, how he swept the country clean of mediums. Why are you trying to trap me and get me killed? Saul swore solemnly, as God lives, you won't get in any trouble for this. She had no idea she's actually talking to him. Okay. The woman said, so whom do you want me to bring up? Samuel. Bring me Samuel. Now this is interesting. It says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out loudly to Saul, why did you lie to me? You're Saul. You remember uh, in the story of the the madman at Gadara? (laughs) Uh, I can't say it without laughing because I remember when my kids were small. I didn't know they ever paid attention to this Bible story. But I would hear them, like they'd be in the basement playing and they'd be screaming so loud. I would call down like, would y'all settle down please? What are y'all playing? And, the, and I remember Jared saying one time, we're playing Madman of Gadera." I said, what? And they had heard the teaching so they would blindfold one of them and he was the madman. And so they were like, yeah, and, they, and I said, y'all, that is a crazy game for y'all to be playing but that's kind of innovative for you. Like I would have never thought of playing that. But anyway, that's what they would do. When you, when you were the one that was demon-possessed, you got to just go crazy. And, and they sounded very demon-possessed from the basement. Um, but what's interesting in that story is when the uh the demons see Jesus, they know who he is. Many times Jesus' own handpicked followers didn't know who he was. Don't you remember when when Peter says, I say you're the Christ, Son of the living God, Jesus is like, wait, what? Can we get. Can we get somebody to record that? Because they were so clueless. And the demons were like, Yeah, we know. They even said, Are you here to, to uh uh you know throw us away before the time? They they knew theology. Uh and they asked his permission. Please don't send us out of this country, let us go into the pigs. Um and it's interesting, this woman was so tuned in to the spirit world that as soon as she saw Samuel, she says, Oh my God, you're Saul. Okay? Um, The king told her, you have nothing to fear, but what do you see? She she said, I see a spirit ascending from the underground. Now, in the Old Testament, there was a word sheol. S-H-E-O-L. And it just meant the unseen. In the English Bibles, that got translated hell. But it was never meant to be a place of punishment. When David said, thou will not leave my soul in hell, he was saying, you will not leave my soul in Sheol. You will not leave my soul in an unseen place. Okay? Because nobody knew, and we still don't. You don't know when you bury a loved one, you know, like where are they? Are they are they conscious? Are they aware of this place? I mean, who knows? Um, And what does he look like? Saul asked. An old man ascending robed like a priest. Saul knew it was Samuel. He fell down face to the ground and worshipped Samuel saying to Saul, why have you disturbed me by calling me up? And if you read the rest of it, it's irrelevant to this story, but the thing is is Samuel ends up prophesying to him just like he did when he was still in the body. Y'all still with me? Um, I'm not going to tell you this story again because I've told it so many times, but I am going to refer to it. The day that I've told you about so many times that my four grandparents appeared to me from the other side, my life was never the same after that. My hate mail stopped. Um, I, I I was bulletproof after that. When my very Pentecostal grandmother looked at me from the other side, And she said, your moral, because she, Addie Mae was legalistic. I mean, she, every statement she made opened with the Bible speaks out against. So, but she looked at me and said, on that side, that kind of stuff matters. On this side doesn't matter at all. And I felt freedom. Nobody can tell me that I was having an hallucination. I had a visitation from my four grandparents who had been long deceased. And after that, I, I, I can nearly point to that afternoon as that day everything changed for me. I don't care what you say to me about who I really am, about my life. I can look right at you and say, Addie May said I was fine. Because she was really nothing against my mother. And I, I don't think mom's watching today. Mom wouldn't be surprised to hear me say that she was really more like my mom my uh my mom was so young when she had me and and you know she was still growing up herself when I would stay with my grandmother, she was more maternal you know she she just was, and she was like a very authoritative word in my life and when she looked at me from the other side, it was a very powerful experience now'm not the, the, this teaching is not for you to have visitations from ghosts. But the thing is, I don't think they necessarily are ghosts. I think they are people who live on the other side. I don't even know if the other side's the right word. I think there are people who live here in another dimension. Um, The next thing I want to show you is a a quote by Lawrence Galleon. And... um, It says, the spirit world is filled with power, substantiality, and presence. I recommend you work on changing your consciousness with regard to spirit and begin to see spirit as the power matrix from which the physical world manifests. As a person's spirit eyes start to open, he or she will begin to realize that he she has had it backwards all along. The physical world is thin and gossamer compared to the spirit realm. This is what I have personally embraced even from my own journey. I feel myself, I still live in the real world. I communicate to people. I see my kids. I go to movies. I, you know, I have relationships. But I also feel myself existing more and more in another dimension. Because, and you know, one way I know is there are things, and I'm telling you,
1: it's deeper than just maturing. It's not that. It's, if somebody knows they've got 24 hours to live,
0: they're not concerned about a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? You know, if somebody's, you know, literally dying and, you, and you're and you talking to them saying, interest rates are going up. They don't care. Because they're disconnected from this world. Are you hearing me? I am feeling myself. It's not... I, it's not maturity. It's something else. It's like, that doesn't, it just doesn't matter to me now. And I'm not trying to make some kind of statement that I'm about to die. It's not even that. I am existing in another dimension so that something happens and I think, you know, if this had happened two years ago, I would have been torn out of the, I mean, it would have just messed me up. And now I'm like, So what? It it just doesn't matter because I don't live in the physicality that much. I'm still in a... I'm very much in a physical body. I'm going in to have surgery because my physical shoulder is in pain. But that's not me. I'm just very aware that it's a vessel that I live in so that I can communicate in the material world but I really am a spirit living in a physical vessel. And that's why when I say I'm not ever going to die, please understand what I mean by that. I just feel like what I visualize for myself, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I see myself walking into the light more and more until at some point I just disappear into the light. Does that, does that resonate with anybody? And, um, I'm not saying there's not a time where my physical body will, uh, cease to function, but it doesn't, I'm not afraid of death because it feels irrelevant to me. Um, I think when, what we perceive on this side as death, uh, is not what people are perceiving on the other side. I don't think the lights go out for them. I don't think they stop breathing. I think they just are suddenly aware. Oh, I'm already. I was sort of already in this dimension, and now I'm I'm fully there. But what I'm seeing here is, um, and it totally sounds like uh, Samuel, is he's like, really? Why did you disturb me? I don't want to. I don't want to prophesy to you anymore. But this medium calls about, and, you know, I was reading some articles about it, and, you know, a lot of fundamentalists were saying, this was a lying spirit. It was a demon speaking to him that was pretending to be Samuel. And I think, have you read it? There's nothing demonic about that at all. If anything, uh, it, um, Saul worships him. (laughs) There's, there's nothing dark about it at all. It's like, I need to hear from you. And uh the fact that you died is irrelevant because you're still you're still my guy. You're
1: still my prophet. I still need you to prophesy to me. And so guess what? He got a prophecy. Um let me show you this next one. This is I love William Blake. And
0: uh here he wrote uh, Uh, it's actually a little uh, poem it says to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour now that's why when you're on the beach with your grandkids and you have this sense of euphoria
1: That's why it feels like heaven. You know why it does? Because it is heaven. Um, The first time I went to
0: New York City, uh, and I've been going at least once a year now for 30-something years, and it's still one of my favorite places to go, but I had read about New York City my whole life. I had visualized it. I had meditated it. I had talked about it. I had studied it. So the first time I went there, I knew where stuff was. I mean, I immediately... I didn't have to refer to a map. I'm, I'm like, oh, we're on 5th Avenue. Well, Empire State Building should be on the corner of 5th and I think, what, 34th? And I just knew to walk in that direction. So once I was there... Uh, it felt familiar to me because I had already been there so many times in my mind. To the point that I could understand when when Paul said, this thing happened to me, but whether it was in the body or out of the body, I can't tell anymore.
1: Um, We used to sing a song. It was in the Church of God hymnal.
0: Uh, Oh, this is like heaven to me. This is like heaven to me. I've crossed over Jordan to Canaan's fair land, and this is like heaven to me. So when we are happy, we sing and we shout. Some don't understand us, you see. We've, we're filled with the Spirit. There is not a doubt. And this is like heaven to me. And the whole point of the song was, I don't have to wait till I go to heaven because I'm already feeling heaven. Heaven's already... Real to me, and that's why he says to see a world in a grain of sand. Uh, I've referred to this many, many times, but it's um, uh, a scene from the play Our Town by Thornton Wilder, who wrote The, mer- uh, the Merchant of uh, Yonkers, which became this, the play The Matchmaker which they put music to and became Hello Dolly and uh he was a great american novelist and in the the play our town um it's a surrealistic play and it shows uh the the main character in the play the wife dies and they show everybody at a um a uh, the funeral the the graveside like all the the living people are standing on this side of the stage with umbrellas because it's raining at the gravesite, and you see her leave the living and go stand on the other side of the stage with the dead, okay, and so all of the dead are looking back at the living and they're saying uh they're you know they're just making certain observations, and she said, "Oh, I wish I could go back, I wish I could go back, and so they say to her, "You can go back there's everybody's allowed to go back one day, you can just pick which day you'd like to relive and she said Oh, I wanted, I don't know, it'd either be my wedding day or the day my firstborn child was born. I, I, so I've got to think about it. And they said to her, no, 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 don't go back on a very significant day. Go back on the most uneventful, boring, plain day you can think of. Because even then, you'll be so overwhelmed at how wonderful it was that you didn't even realize it.
1: And um, to recognize that you're living
0: in heaven now, which is why I titled this On Earth As It Is in Heaven, is the most spiritual thing you can do. It doesn't mean you're out of touch with humanity. you still got to pay your bills and do all this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, that when when I say... I'm finding myself living more and more in another dimension. Does that resonate with anybody? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you understand that it's not just maturing? It's not something you can learn from a self-help guru. It's something deeper than that. It's like I'm still here, but I'm not here. And sometimes I'm absent from the body. Um, next thing I want to show you is a... Um, it's a meme. It just says, everything is spiritual if you are aware. Everything is material if
1: you are not aware. Um,
0: probably, y- y'all had a good cruise, right? Um. Were there moments in the cruise where you were just having such a good time that it felt like heaven just for a minute? I've certainly felt it on some of our meditation weekends. That last one we did in St. Simon's when we were in that structure, uh, you know, we were sort of outside, but not really. And it kind of felt like an upper room. There was a couple of times there that it felt, it really felt like heaven. It was like, uh, the membrane between the two dimensions had gotten so thin that it would be really easy You know, I love the way it says in the message there. If you noticed, Paul said he was hijacked into paradise. It was just like I I, I was taken against my will. And there's been a couple of times where I've... Not a couple. A lot of times where um, heaven was so real um, you could smell it. You could feel it. Your natural senses were aware of it. This next... uh, I want to show you is um, Eckhart Tolle says, being spiritual has nothing to do with what you believe and everything to do with your state of consciousness. One thing I talked about Thursday night when I was talking about Jacob and the stairway into heaven. And I'd never seen this before. This is the part I'd never taught on before. But I just heard Billy Porter say, the angel of the Lord has encamped around about me all my life. And when he said it, I, faces started coming to me like, oh yeah, that person was like an angel and they've been like an angel and they were an angel. But some of those people are no longer in my life. And that was a question that I've always had. Like, why did, why does that happen? Why is it that, um, there are people who come into your life who are really significant? And they really play an important role in your life. But they don't go the distance with you. And I just saw it clear as a bell. I felt the spirit of revelation. Um, When Jacob saw the ladder or the stairway, it says the angels were ascending and descending. They were coming in and going out. You feel me? And it just, I can't tell you the sense of peace that it gave me. To say, I don't have to try to understand why this person was seasonal in my life because they were I loved them so much. And now I think it just means they came out of heaven and then they ascended back up. They were coming in and out. It just... This is how I can always judge revelation. It just gives me so much peace. It was such a um an answer to something that has just troubled me for years. Like why is that? Cuz I've had people just disappear from my life and never tell me why. And my last word was then, with them was like we were good with each other. But I realized oh well, they were angels. And they ascended and descended and people come into your life for a season and they fulfill their purpose and then they move on. But it's all—it's like all the answers was there at at, uh, Bethel where Jacob says, "I, I saw heaven open up. He said, this is the very gate of heaven, but how awesome is this place? The Lord is here and I didn't know it. You know what it means to me right now? When I think about the age that I am now, I think, how awesome is this place where I'm at at this age on the journey? I love to be in 25. I love to be in 30. I love to be in 40. I love to be in 50. But how awesome is this place? I don't long for the past. I don't. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't aware that my body at 65 has some limitations it might not have had at 21. But it doesn't make me long because that that kid at 21, bless his heart, there was so much he didn't know. You know what I mean? The thought of going back and being him again. Like, oh, baby, no. I look at some pictures of me back in the day and I'm like, I was cute and all, but look look in those eyes. Those those were some clueless eyes. And you can say the same thing about Jesus because it's just things you didn't know. So to be able to say, "How awesome is this place?" And when my next birthday comes, "How awesome is this place?" The Lord is here, and I want to celebrate every part of my life. There's, you know, you know, you've heard the famous. Uh, uh, Betty Davis quote that aging is not for Sissies and that's not the word she actually used, but you get the drift, but yeah, in one sense, that's true, but there's some real perks to getting to a certain age and knowing who you really are and knowing what you really like and not being uh manipulated by peer pressure and and you know you just learn if if you do it right. You just learn how to say no and no is a complete sentence and you know you stop being such a people pleaser and and you also learn that man, you know, something that happens to you if that happened twenty years ago, you would have thought it was the end of the world and now you're like what ifs? you know, it's like it just you keep there's been a couple of things that have happened to me recently that I, I literally tried to to muster up the negative feeling about it. I'm like, am am I losing my ability to worry and, and to stress over something? Because I, I should be feeling anxiety over this and I just I just can't feel anything but peace. Where is that coming from? It's coming from another dimension. That
1: I am I have dual citizenship. I have an earth passport and a heaven passport. It sounds to me that Paul was kind
0: of going in and out of that a lot. You know, at one point he writes to the Philippians and he says, you know, I could just go on the other side and stay there, but I think it would be more advantageous for you if I stayed on this side. But if it was left up to me, I would just go on. Because he, he, had, he had seen the other world enough that he was accustomed to it. You ever had one of those friends, they keep, they keep going on vacation to the same place and they love it so much that one day they end up buying a house there. And you think, wow, y'all really love that place, don't you? Yeah. Because it's got all this stuff attached to it. Um, Ken's on call today, but uh, two or three weeks ago, uh, we we went with his extended family to Daytona. And uh, I love it because he loves it so much. It's, you know what I mean, Going to eat in a group of thirty people to me is a lot of trouble. I'm like, can't we just, do we we all have to get you know, and I could tell if you're watching today, boo, you know it's true. Um, I could tell when I when he's trying to get a table and I said, Ken, do we all have to sit together? And the way he looks at me like, mm, never mind. I understand this is important to you. And I the reason I know it's important is because both his parents have passed on. And when he was a boy, that was their big deal. They were all blue-collar workers. So for them to get off for a few days to go to, to Florida was something that it, it meant something to his memory, his childhood memories that it doesn't mean to me. Um, and so I really tried, this last trip, I really tried to get inside his head. Because it's not it's not something I look forward to that much. I mean, they're sweet, you know, but it's a lot. And you know, when you've got 30 people on vacation together, there's guaranteed drama. And this year it bordered on reality show drama. And so there's a part of me that says, Do we really have to do this? you know? But like even, you know, when he he's I said, Are you going on down? He said, Yeah, we go from Saturday to Saturday. I said, Well, why don't you just wait until after Metro and I'll ride down with you? And he said, No. We go from Saturday to Saturday. And I realized I hear you. So he got up. Don't be mad if you're watching. He got up 4 o'clock in the morning and drove down there. And, and he texted me. So said, I'm meeting at the Cracked Egg. I said, did you meet everybody? He said, no, I'm here before anybody else. And I thought, you could have slept in a couple hours. But that's what they used to do. He used to get up before. They would get up before day and drive. So for him, it's not just looking at Daytona Beach. it's He's seeing memories, things that he experienced growing up. So I walked down the beach and I said, "What? show me where your uncle's motel used to be. And I could tell he really wanted to talk about that. Because honestly, that's the way I feel about Atlanta. That I think some people, when I'm pointing to something, saying something I like about it, you may look at it and go, yeah, okay, that's good. What, What I'm thinking is, no, I remember when we moved back to Atlanta when I was twelve, I was so happy to move back and go back to my school that I loved and I could be with all my cousins. It was like the happiest I was so ready to get out of where we lived in Bremen and uh so when I look at a place you might look at it and say, I just see some homeless people there. I'm like, No, no, you're not you're not seeing everything that I've seen collectively, all the joy that 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 represents to me.
1: What's that? Exactly. And that's why you have to honor the
0: places that other people feel that way about because you say, what do you think, that's heaven? Yeah, they do. It is their piece of heaven. That's how heaven is revealed to you. you. You probably feel that way about Cabbage Town because you you connect with your ancestors there, uh, and and I respect that. I understand that. And what I want to get across to you of this month is that's spiritual. That's not just being um, uh, sentimental. It, this is not sentimentality. It's spiritual. Let let me say it to you this way. Heaven. Is distilled in your consciousness. It doesn't, it doesn't drop in a one big deposit. It's little by little by little by little. You start being more, um, aware of heaven, which if you age correctly is one of the main perks of it because you start finding out this is where I find heaven. That's why I always joke about when I when people say to me, Y'all go New York at Christmas? Yeah. Is it is it really, really crowded? It's insane. Yeah, it's 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 insane. <laughs> you ever going back? Yeah, week before Christmas, you know, I'm sure we'll be back. Isn't that, isn't that hell? Oh no, I don't necessarily want to live there. But when I'm there for a little bit of time, it's heaven because I'm also remembering a zillion wonderful memories that connect. When somebody says you couldn't pay me to go to New York at Christmas time, like, I'm not only not paying you, I didn't even invite you. Like I don't care if you ever go. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get up a trip. With 30 people. <laughs> what, Sonia? Well, and I feel the same thing. Like last night, uh, I didn't even know it. Ken said, he said, you know the, because I live on Centennial Park, he said, you know they're doing the fireworks early this year. They're going to do them on Saturday night. I said, no, I didn't know. He he watches the local news when he's at work, so he actually ends up knowing more about Atlanta because I'm watching, I won't tell you what I'm watching, but it's that's not the news channel I watch. I could probably say m s n b c in this crowd, but um uh I said no, I didn't even know, so last night, I just walked up on my roof and stood there and watched the um, one of the most amazing firework shows I've ever watched. I didn't have to sit in traffic. it wasn't hot. I just walked up there took pictures, amazing hey neighbors went... Some people say you couldn't pay me to live downtown. town. I didn't even ask you to visit. But for me, I walked up there and I said, "It's like heaven." And you know, I was thinking about last night. Pardon me for referring to Leona so much, Ernie. But you know what the you know what the paint the painting that she that y'all bought? It's fireworks. I know it looks like flowers, but I painted that. Because I remember going up on my roof one time and when we had i first i actually bought that loft twenty years ago, and it represents a lot to me, and I remember having all my kids up there, and Jared had been in Europe, and we hadn't seen him for a long time, and he had just been back, and I was watching and I wanted to capture it on uh canvas, so that painting has a lot of joy in it uh to me that it would be hard to describe if you weren't there because you might say, I don't like fireworks. They're loud. They make my dog scared. Like, I didn't ask you to participate, but that for me is heaven. Is any of this making sense to you? Alright. Um, but I totally agree with this. And that that's what being spiritual has to do with your state of consciousness. Uh, One thing I want to say Um, Leslie I'm sure is watching today she texted me this morning she had a physical thing she had to deal with this week and she said when I heard your voice on the 11-11 she said I fell into a deep sleep and and it was I can't tell you how important it was and then she because she had heard that teaching and she said you know you're my angel and I said, I, I know. And she said, and I'm going with you the distance because she knew like I'm not on the ladder ascending and descending. And I got that. Um, this day we have right now, I, I could look around this room with just about all of you one way or the other, and I could come up with some memory I have with you that If it's not heavenly, it borders on being heavenly. Where we experience something together. Don't ever take that for granted. And then we're going to end up... Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: To look at her and what she saw, and that's why I think that you two had such a, a bond with her. and she always, on her death, death when you came in, her whole world just dead. She just, I I, I I, looked at her face, and the sheer joy, and I think that she thought that, I can go, I can do mm-hmm. Only thing that she wanted, and she on the that, I was I to
3: see it's No, it's no,
2: it's
1: beautiful. Um <coughs> Well, I tell you what.
0: Since you said that, um, what was interesting about that? Usually, I can walk in. I can walk into a room because I mean I've I've been going to ICU units my whole life, and I can usually walk in and I can tell if death's there or not. I mean, I've walked into some rooms and death is I'm so aware of it that I want to say y'all you all better plan a funeral because they're they're not going to make it I did not feel that with her and it bothered me because I thought when I left there that day I thought she's I know she's It's serious she's going to pull through I mean I just I did not that's why when you called me that night and said she went I was like you gotta be kidding I did not see that coming at all and now I'm realizing it's because she didn't die. Do you know what I mean? And that's why, that's why she said to me I have a very real sense that she's listening right now. She said, even if I'm not here, I'm still going to be following you. Nobody's ever said that to me before. Uh, you know, it was just. And that's why I don't think I've I felt it. Because It didn't feel final. You know what I mean? It's like...
3: Well...
1: (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: and it was sincere. You don't. You know. You. I would feel energy from her. That's why. You know. When church and I was really big, I. I kind of knew who y'all were, but I wasn't. You know. I mean, I wasn't sure. I mean. I, and I remember when she had that surgery when we first moved in that building in Covington, somebody asked for prayer for her, and I said, remind me which... I think I know who that is, but remind me. And it might have been Debbie said, you know, they sit in the back, and she's the one that smiles all the time. I said, oh my God, yes. That's them? I said, yes. I knew. And the first Sunday I had Metro, she walked in, she said, but in the theater, which is not y'all's neighborhood. Y'all live in Snellville. She walked in she said, Bishop's got us on a new adventure. And I can't wait to see where we're going. And, and I was like, thank you for saying that. Wow. No, you didn't bring me down. It's just, that's very powerful. You know, it's just very powerful. And that's, this. what I'm talking about this month, is not. this has nothing to do with being morbid. This is not talking about, it's not even talking about, de- I'm not even talking about death. I'm talking about a higher consciousness where the physical is it's real but it's not as real as the spiritual. and I want you to rec when I say you've had angels in your life, does anybody can you think of angels you've had? that you that you thought if it hadn't been for them, I don't know what I would have done. And they may not be in your life now. They might have ascended
1: and descended. Oh, really? I can't tell you how many
0: times I've heard that. You... Somebody brought you to church that didn't come anymore. That, that, like they fulfilled their purpose. They connected you, but they weren't even there. <laughs> if you're watching at home, you might not be able to hear what we're saying, but it's just
1: talking amongst yourself. whose <laughs> kids are these <laughs>
0: <laughs> No but exactly you think about the people who introduced you to something or to a person that you think where would what would my life be like now if I hadn't if they hadn't done that thing and maybe maybe they just crawled down the ladder and did their thing and then they crawled back up ascended Well, one thing that I said Thursday night that I didn't bring up today is, you know, when John wrote the what we call the Book of Revelation, the Apocalypse, in his big, the whole big thing, there's cherubim and seraphim and angelic choirs and archangels and warring angels and uh, creatures that are covered with eyes and the four-faced beast and all of these things. But, at the beginning of it, it turns out it's seven letters written to seven churches and he writes each of them to angels. To the angel of the church at Philadelphia. To the angel of the church at Sardis. To the angel of the church at Laodicea. And angel just meant messenger. He could just as easily have said to the pastor of the church. But it's, it's interesting that he didn't seem to make any distinction between those, I'm assuming men who were over those churches. He was just writing an administrative, administrative letters to his bishopric. And those men were called angels. And then he would also talk about these winged creatures that, with two, you know, with two wings, they covered their face, and with two, you know, you've you've read Revelation, you know what I'm talking about. He didn't seem to make any distinction, and that's the point. That person who did something for you didn't do you a favor. You had an angelic visitation, and that's why you've got to stop going. I'm not saying you. But you can't go through your life saying miracles never happened to me. They've happened to you so much that you don't even notice them. You take them for granted. You're so used to it, you don't even think about it. Because you're just you're just surrounded by the miraculous. It, the miraculous has happened so much that you just think, oh, it's just another day. And you don't even notice it. That's, that's my point in bringing this. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually To be spiritual is to be amazed. You do not have bad days. Yeah, well, you don't know the day I had Friday? Nope. That is completely your perception. And I'm not saying that your feelings aren't valid. I'm not belittling or trivializing your feelings. I'm saying the more you recognize the supernatural, the spiritual, the phenomenal the incredible, the more it happens. And if you make the mistake of saying, boy, I sure could use a miracle right now, it's, there's nothing more insulting you could do to God. It's like, I don't know if y'all's kid, your kids ever did this. I can remember my children in a room full of toys all over the floor crying because they had nothing to play with. And you want to say, do you not see all this stuff? They don't see it. I I, I remember uh, I've got this picture of, I took uh, Jared and Christina to Rock City when they were little up in Chattanooga. We had done everything there was to do at Rock City. It's not like there's rides or anything. We'd gone through the whole thing. And there's a picture, right, I took a picture right in Jared's face. He's like crying. Because I wanted to remember, he said we didn't get to do anything. And I said we did everything there is to do. There's nothing. There's nothing else to do here. But they used to do that at Six Flags. We didn't even get ride anything. Well, I stood in line all day long for something. It wasn't for me. We didn't even ride. Yeah, you rode stuff all day. You don't even remember. And you know it's aggravating when you're a parent buying all that stuff. Think about how God feels. I never get a miracle. And you're in a room full of them. They're all around. That's why when Jesus said, go consider the lilies, he wasn't being poetic. He was saying, you're so out of touch with the miraculous that you, you need to just go stare at a flower and say, this is a, an absolute miracle. Cause you've gotten so blase about it, you don't even notice that it's a miracle. All right. I think I'm going to put a comma there. Anybody else have anything you want to say? Beth? Yeah.
3: One And I get two so, the center, so had a That never the
1: If you didn't hear
0: what Beth was saying, she was talking about her angels in her life. And I'm glad you brought up Doss because it was the year anniversary of her passing this week. And I could say the same thing about Doss. I doubt, I I would find it difficult to believe Doss ever said anything about me. I, and Doss could probably hurt you. She could probably, <laughs> I would suggest. <laughs> because, but, well, she offered to. Because one time I was saying, I was saying something about somebody had done something. And she, I mean, because she's in New York. You know, she, she says, and she was not kidding. She said, Bitch, tell, tell me who it was, where they live. Because I'm going there right now. I said, No, Dodge, I don't need you. She said, No, I'm going to go beat somebody's ass. I'm going to do it right now. And, and uh, but there was something, I didn't want to encourage violence, but there was something really p- empowering to think, Man somebody I got to calm her down she's going to go cut somebody. <laughs> yeah, it was this was the year anniversary of her passing. Uh, what a, what a great energy. You know, take comfort in this. Those people have not ceased to exist. They are part of a great cloud of witnesses that I think may be very much still involved in
1: our lives. Yeah.
3: Remember the other day I sent you that picture of a hand behind the veil? And I mean I could talk to it that you I see that. It's just like her but it would it feels
0: sure Well and that's why I brought up the the story of Saul because I think it's appropriate To reach out to the other side sometime. Uh, I love it because Saul was not forbidden to hear from Samuel. You know what I mean? And uh, so sometimes when you need to ask for help, that's one thing that the, you know, the Catholics really, really, I think, had something special about the idea of, of, um, you know, praying to ancestors and that sort of thing. And even, uh, I remember, um uh when we uh, Wellington i remember when um you went with us on the meditation weekend in Cherokee and i talked a lot about indigenous people and being aware of the of the uh ancestors who live cuz uh, it's still a Cherokee reservation and uh you'd said you know in african culture th- it's very much about Talking to the ancestors and being aware of them. But then when Western Christianity evangelized Africa, it was like, no, don't, don't talk to the dead. Don't talk to the ancestors. And, and you were saying, even though I'm not Native American, that, that really, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was something like that really restored that to me. And that what you said to me is that, that it's okay to, to talk to the ancestors. And this whole thing about what I used to hear is, no, don't do that because it could be demons uh, assuming their, you know, form or deceiving you. It, that's that's such nonsense. That's In fact, earlier in the week, I did a teaching about the supernatural and the natural, and I I used that scripture. It's one of the most bizarre scriptures I've ever read, but it's in uh, it's it's in one of the Chronicles and one of the Samuels. It's when it has to do with Ahab and God. He brings all the spirits before him who seem to be just neutral. And he says, I can't decide what to do. And one of them steps forward and says, I'll go be a lying spirit in the mouth of Ahab and he, and, and he can deceive the people. And God says, That's a great idea. I mean, that's just bizarre because we were taught there's angels and demons and, you know, and they were like, Nah, we're just spirits. And, and dare I also say, Haven't you had some devils in your life? Some people who came and stole, killed, and destroyed, and you were supernaturally delivered. You, you've had angels and demons all over the place, and sometimes they might have been the same person. Now I'm getting too deep, <laughs> but I thought that was that's such a strange scripture where the the spirit says, "I'll go being a lying spirit," and God says, "That's a great idea." What? All right Y'all get anything out of this? This It's gonna be a good series, right? Let's all stand. (laughs) Well, I pray that you would feel the presence of God. Did you feel it? Did you? All right. Again, Spirit of God, we are aware. Make us aware. Make us more aware. Make us more conscious that we are living and seated in heavenly places remain standing please I'm going to show you this and um, thank you for those of you that have stepped up I need you to keep doing it we need to we need to get back in our abundance zone so if we can play
3: contributing outro, to Metron is please. quick and easy you can give any time using any smartphone text the amount you'd like to donate to 404-620-5044 you will then receive a notification that you've successfully completed your donation you may also visit bishinthenow.com and click the support tab to give there as well. When you contribute to Metron, you're also donating to the charity or organization of the month. Thank you for your investment into Metron.
0: If you have a check, just make it to J-E-S-M. If you have cash, just pay it forward. Um, I just speak a blessing of awareness over you this week, that you are very aware that the angel of the Lord encamps round about you and that you see the stairway into heaven, that you recognize the gate of God and that you recognize the phenomenal, incredible supernatural that you exist in every day of your life. Miracles are not only coming, miracles are here. God bless you. Go in peace. See you next Sunday. Remember, Chandra's going to be with us.